You're listening to the Porch Time Podcast. I'm so excited. Are we doing this? I think we're doing this. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Today we are chatting with Alessandra Sarmento. And this is a really special episode because she actually reached out to us and the feeling that we get when somebody enters our inbox who's willing to share their story and who understands like the realness and rawness of of these episodes is just really special to us because we want to create a space and a platform where everybody feels safe to share their story. So we're so excited for you to be able to hear her story and her experience and mm-hmm. and what becoming a mom kind of helped her see in her life. And so, yeah. And um, she also goes into um, losing her dad to AIDS when she mm-hmm. was really young and growing up in the 90s with that happening, with there not being a lot of education surrounding AIDS, um, with not sharing that her dad feeling like she didn't, obviously, it's not something you share with everyone, but kind of working through that with her family. And it's an absolutely astonishing story and Alessandra's so such an incredible person it was such a such a beautiful thing for us to sit here and hear the story um because yeah it's not a story you hear every day so very very interesting and educational and she's doing a lot of work to educate and to um be there for mothers and um people yeah so enjoy this one and and yeah, there's not much to say. We're so excited for her to get to share her experience yes. and her story. Yes, so exactly. here's here's Alessandra. Hi, Alessandra. Welcome. Hi. Nice to meet you guys. It is so nice to meet you. And um, if you're comfortable, I want to share with all of our listeners how you found us. It was as a customer or, or like give us the whole spiel because you wrote in and we were so taken by your email that we were like, we have to have you on the pod. Yeah, so customer, but also I knew you guys had launched a podcast because I got the email that it was happening. Um, and then I just one day was like looking, I think at the new release of, you know, I think you're wearing the shirt or the tank top. I, oh, yeah. I just got mine. They're awesome. Um, but I was just looking on the site and I remember the podcast thing. And then I just saw the old blogs and started reading them and kind of forgot about the podcast. Honestly, I was just reading them. I was kind of moved. And in the moment, like emailed you guys. And afterwards I was like, why did I do that? Oh, wow. <laughs> I was just like, what a crazy thing. Um, not crazy just, at like, all. Randomly like reach out, but I just, you know, it resonated with me. And then, you know, I've listened to most of the episodes on the podcast so far and they've all been really like amazing. So yeah, I mean, listening to them, there are some that are like, I'm like, wow, that person is doing so much, a little intimidating, <laughs> but then others where you're just, they're so relatable. And I feel like, you know, what you guys are doing through this context and like the also just like the honesty is really refreshing. Oh, wow. This is okay. Like this is why we're so happy to be talking to you because this is why the podcast started. It was those mom to mom stories that you read. And to be honest, like I set that up on automatic send to our customers a long time ago, like just send them a mom to mom email, like when they sign up or whatever. And 
ever since that I kept it, we've gotten so many emails just like yours and it's, and it's creating a conversation and that's really all we care about. And so now we're just having a mom to mom story with you, but from a different medium. So it's really, yeah. really cool. So thank you. Yeah. And thanks for telling that sure. story. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Thank you for being a customer at all the babies. Thank you for being um, on this podcast. Obviously we're so lucky. Like it means so much yeah. to us. So happy to be here. Um, can you please introduce yourself, who you are, what you do to our listeners? I know that's kind of like always how we like to start. We're not, we're remote with you right now. So we're not, and it's what, 4 PM. I don't know what time it is for you. Seven. It's seven. Yeah. Okay. So maybe you're drinking, but we're, we're just over here with water. Are you drinking anything fancy over there? I have water now, but I'm going to switch to Prosecco in a little bit. Okay. Okay. So you, (laughs) you understood the memo. Good. Well, cheers. It's summer. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And also we're, would like to preface that it's like the hottest day in LA. So we're fully sweating because when we do the podcast, we can't have the AC going. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If you see us like squirming in our chairs and getting sweatier by the minute, that's what's happening. No worries. But Um, yes, please introduce yourself. Sure. So my name is Alessandra Sarmiento. I feel like recently the title of, you know, mom has really just kind of like, I don't know, changed in so many ways. And it's like that primary thing, but I'm also a, um, partner to my wonderful husband. We've been together for 10 years, uh, this past month in May. Yes. Thanks. Also big sister to two teenagers. Um, wow. Yeah. And uh, outside of that, just, you know, um, I'm Mexican and Italian. So I would say that that's kind of like another big thing in my life. I don't mean a lot of other people who are Mexican and Italian when I do. I'm like, <laughs> you know, we bro down. <laughs> great mix. Oh my gosh. You're eating good over there. Those are my yeah. two favorite foods, Mexican Best and food. Italian cuisine. Down. It's like, Amazing. And, and I know, like, I think for us, kind of, your story is just so relatable to so many. And I really kind of want to just really understand like the history of how you grew up because we found in so many of of our past interviews, like dynamics, mother dynamics, like Mm. parenting dynamics, it really does shape you for how you want to be as a parent for the things that you don't want to carry on that maybe you Mm -hmm. keep carrying on all of it. It's sort of like a thing. And I know you mentioned that. um, I mean, not to go right into it, but yeah, (laughs) your relationship with your mom was a bit rocky. No, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And so just in case she's listening to this, my mom and I have a great relationship now and we are really close, but you know, I think, that when you have a single mom, because my mom pa- or my father passed when I was three, um, you know, and you grow up, you ca- and, and they're young, you kind of grow up together. So yeah. there's maybe some, you know, more occasions to kind of like bump heads. Or I think that a lot of young moms also have the opportunity to, there's so much more out there to kind of like help them navigate motherhood. But for my mom being young and like, it being like the eighties, early nineties and stuff. I think that, um, she was 21 when she had me and we kind of like grew up together. And, um, my father, he died pretty like 
somewhat suddenly when I was younger and he was from Mexico and my mom and his family were kind of at odds because she got pregnant quickly. They were not happy that he was even in the U.S., that sort of thing. And so they really didn't want like anything to do with her. And so growing up, I always like blamed her for that, mm-hmm. which, you know, we've had to work through that. But um, so, you know, this is kind of heavy. So just, you know, pr- like a heads up, but, um, I don't mind sharing, but my, my dad passed of AIDS. So Mm -hmm. he was in his early twenties as well. And so that's why his family, you know, didn't want anything to do with my mom because they thought she gave that to him. And obviously like I'm here today, you know, and like, I'm totally fine, healthy. My mom is fine too, but you know, she, she was young. She was taking care of me. She was like protecting me. I think she tried to reach out numerous times, but at a certain point just kind of was like time to move on. But, you know, growing up, I just like really resented her for that. Almost like you didn't get anything like a contact, like an address, nothing, Mm. you know, because you were so young. So you don't really remember him at all. Yeah. I was three. I have like these like vague memories, but you know, there was a long time where I had like a photo and that was really it. And so like, I knew what he looked like, but it wasn't like, Mm. we didn't, I didn't have strong memories. Yeah. I mean, it's also when you're that young, you don't, you don't really understand the complexity of a situation like that, like from family to family and why there might be that separation. And I also think like, your mom was probably the closest person to you that you knew that had anything to do with the situation. So obviously as a younger person, your blame went to her because she was the only one around that had anything to do with it. Right. And also, you know, I was born in 88, the nineties or, you know, I grew up during the nineties where there was still like a lot of stigma. I think things were becoming more Mm open-minded, but it wasn't something that I was telling my friends. It was something that was a secret, you know, that I was like keeping to myself that I didn't really tell anyone until I was in high school um, at like the end of high school, you know. And so I think that that put a huge strain on our relationship um, because I was just mad, you know, and Mm -hmm. that it's funny because once you become a parent, you realize like you, you, you start having all this perspective and thinking about how like your parents are just people. And Mm -hmm. maybe you've put them on this pedestal and expected them to be perfect and navigate all these things. But then when you have the perspective of like, well, I'm a parent now and I don't have it all together. And she was 21. So, you know, all of that, I think, (sighs) you know, but it's funny uh, when I was pregnant, we actually, um, we did StoryCorps. I don't know if you guys are familiar. NPR Mm -hmm. does. StoryCorps, which is um, this program where you can meet with someone like a loved one and talk about something um, that happened, whether it's another loved one or something else. And it's recorded in the Library of Congress. Um, So it can you can kind of go back to it, but also like NPR will share it, you know, on their um, on on their station. And so we didn't do a public one. We just did like a private recording, but it was really nice to kind of revisit that. And also just like, let her know, like, I'm sorry. I was like a terrible teenager. <laughs> and I mean, that, we all know, girls are just yeah. <laughs> our hormones at that age too. Yeah. 
but um but yeah so becoming a parent and becoming a mother has been so interesting because it's really just changed the dynamic of a lot mm-hmm. of relationships and just given me so much perspective that you know I didn't have wow right I know it's so beautiful how kids are are our teachers I mean we don't have kids we can't mm-hmm. speak to that but every conversation we've had it's truly like the children remind you like oh I have to work on myself oh mm-hmm. opened up the whole world for me or, or whatever I feel like you were gonna ask a question okay. no I was just gonna I was just gonna say that it's I still remember like as a kid I would look at like people in their late 20s and think they had their whole life figured out like mm. everything was like organized and they knew exactly what they were doing. And now I'm there and I'm like, I literally still feel like a child. So to, I can only imagine that having a child so young while still like mentally being quite young. And I mean, I don't know when exactly the brain fully develops, but 25, right? Yeah. And I think it's even later for men. Um, But Definitely. Having having that <laughs> having having that in mind and raising a child and then kind of you now taking a step back and being like, whoa, like this is how I feel with my kid. How must my mom have felt? It's like such a it's fascinating. Yeah, such a fascinating dynamic. So when when did you start to feel like a shift in that um, in your relationship with your mom? Um, I would say that, you know, over the years, we were always close because we just had each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that like, when you grow up with that dynamic, where it's just like the two of you, you, you can like fight and then get over it. And then maybe like, it's not resolved, but you're like, we still, we just got each other. So like, you know, we're going to get through this. But I would say that honestly, like, it was when I, I think <laughs> when I had my daughter, she's going to be like so bummed that I'm sharing this, but I, I, she, you know, there were a few different scenarios where she brought visitors over within those first two weeks, even in the hospital when I was like, I had just delivered okay. and I was like, these are not people I'm close with enough mm-hmm. to be like in my recovery gown and like padding or like with my breasts out like I'm just figuring out how to breastfeed I'm not at that level yet where I'm just like whipping it out in front of anyone (laughs) and you know I think it was just like I had known for a while that we needed to establish maybe some boundaries Mm. and that was like a moment where I think as a new mother in those first two weeks I was so protective that I was just like, no, this is the boundary. Like, this is not happening. You can't just bring anyone over here because you're proud. I respect that. But like, this is not, you know, you have to kind of like give me my privacy. And her first reaction was like, to be apologetic, but to also say that like when she gave birth, like it was a revolving door of like, you know, uh, my grandparents just bringing everyone to see the baby, to see me when I was, when I was a baby. And so, you know, I really felt for her in that moment, but also was just like, you know, it's okay that that was like your experience, but like, we need to grow. And Mm -hmm. if we're going to have a better relationship, then we need these boundaries. And you need to know that like, that's just not me and I'm not judging you. 
for thinking that that's okay or whatever, but that's just like not how I, I like, it's not going to be like that for us. And like, I need this space. I need this privacy. And honestly, since then we have our, our moments, but things have been so much more smooth sailing. It was just kind of like, I think she also saw me as an adult for the first time and was like, I get it. You're protecting your child. Like I respect what you're saying and it makes sense. And yeah, we just kind of like connected on a plane we hadn't before. I mean, kudos to you. That's a hard, especially after you've just given birth too, to be like, "Mm." Yeah. Well, I think it's natural. People want to come by and like totally. you know, see and like hold the baby. And I'm totally fine with that. But I think it's just a matter of like, you still need those moments throughout the day where you're like figuring everything out where you're like, you know, I have to, you have to change your delivery, you know, mm-hmm. garments and all that stuff. And it, it's intense. Yeah, of course. We all know just how hard it is to be alone with your thoughts, and especially even after listening to this episode, how hard it is to find a therapist that is there to meet your needs and is there to comfort and nurture you through all the things that you're going through. That's why we're sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. They have a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that gives you access to the help that may not be available in your area. I mean, they make it super simple. All you have to do is fill out a questionnaire to kind of assess your specific needs, and then they get you matched with a perfect therapist for you in under 48 hours. And guess what then? If that therapist still isn't right, They are happy to help you request a new therapist with no additional charge because we all know that finding the right therapist is like online online dating. But BetterHelp makes it so easy, so accessible, and is just such an incredible platform that I personally can't wait to use as I'm in the market for a new therapist. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist today. Plus, we have a code for you. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash all the babies. That's betterhelp.com slash all the babies. People say it all the time. It's like, you know, someone else had to like run so you could walk or whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever those things are. And I think that just going through like seeing what she went through and having the perspective that I have now makes me more able to be more introspective and be more intentional as a parent and be more intentional intentional with my relationship with her because her relationship with her mother wasn't great Mm. you know and so I think a lot of it also is just you know I think we as a generation in general are able to be a little bit more um intentional about how we move forward and how we, you know, break those like, you know, generational, I guess, like totally. Oh, I mean, that's huge cycles and like traumas and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you don't even understand what the trauma was until like a generation later, because the people that experienced it were just in the moment they were just living through it. They didn't even have the time to be like, Oh, that was traumatic for me, but for you having a little bit more perspective, you could be like, okay, so this happened. And it's really beautiful too, that you had a daughter 
I think it's like this beautiful metaphor where it's like you're breaking you're exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. Like you're stopping the trauma, you're fixing the relationship. And now your daughter is going to see such a mended, beautiful thing. She's going to have her, it sounds like grandmother present in her life, her mom, mm-hmm. she's going to see that dynamic. And she's also going to see what really healthy boundaries looks like too. And how her yeah. mom exercises those boundaries. And like, yeah. it's so hard to have boundaries with your family. Cause it's, yeah. like, Oh, like, I mean, my, my parents have been here every day fixing up the house and I'm like starting to get annoyed, but then I feel shitty about being annoyed. Cause I'm like, you're fixing mm-hmm. the house. You're doing so much for me, but it's like these, <laughs> and then I'm like, how do I have boundaries? How do I create these things? Like, this is my family. And, but you have to have these conversations and constantly mold and, and work and, and communicate. And the fact that, I mean, what you guys went through is I, I think you're one of the first person who I've talked to that's lost a parent from AIDS. Like that's like Mm -hmm. a heavy thing. And, and I know what you were saying, the shame around that at the time, like I can only speak to that from like watching Dallas buyers club or whatever, you know, like that's kind of like my really knowing what that was doing to people and to families. And, and one, you guys came out totally. Okay. That's a miracle in itself. That's huge. Like that's amazing. And two, I'm curious, like, did the family dynamic really, is that what you were speaking to that shifted because he passed of AIDS, that it was like kind of this like issue from the family. So you guys had to like isolate from the family or am I just making kind of that? Well, essentially like he was here and he was really sick and kind of had gotten to a point where he was like, you know, the medicine at the time was really harsh. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, you know, this medicine is like essentially like killing me. Yeah. You know, so he went back home, you know, to be with his family that he hadn't seen in years and like pass away there. And so once that happened, there was just like no more contact because like they didn't want it. And then in, in my family, like my mom and my grandfather were, you know, close and like, you know, he was, we were in Brooklyn and he was in North Jersey. So he was close by my grandfather and he, and my grandmother and uh, my mom's brother, like all of them were very concerned, like what's going to happen to this child? Is she going to be born with AIDS? You know, I think they like, had me tested for like 10 years or something like that because things were a little bit more unknown at the time and you know I think there was also definitely a lot of sentiment like do you really want to have this baby like do you really want to see you know what's going to happen and take the chance that she might be born that way and luckily she did take that chance and my mom is like so she's such a fighter and she's also just like such an advocate for other people and has always been like an activist and she was just like you know I want to do this and no matter what it is like we're gonna like figure it out um wow and yeah she took care of him like really well too at the end but you know and also (laughs) there's also like, how did he get it? You know? So there was a lot of that talk in our family. Like, did he cheat? Like, what did he do? Is he using drugs? And so I grew up with all of that talk Mm -hmm. and all of them kind of like vilifying him. Um, And there was times where I was like mad at him and then times that I just felt sad. And like, you know, it Mm -hmm. it affected like a lot of my childhood, just like the the lens through which I saw the world. Right. Because like you, you, 
you are a child and then you find out about these like very serious things, you realize that like some people are going to accept it. Some people are not. And even as an adult, I don't tell everyone. I feel like this is like the medium to be honest. And so like, I don't have any problem telling people, but it is definitely one of those things where you still kind of have to, I still do like an assessment of like, are these people going to be cool? Like, are they going to react, you know, the right way? Are they going to be like totally taken aback? Because there are still people that would be like, what like right like questioning it like all you just see like the you know wheel turning kind of um or who just like aren't educated about it but our family dynamic I think was definitely like once I was born it just became very protective and Mm. my grandfather really stepped in as like a father figure and we became so close you know and so it was so it just it was like this weird like you know, sequence of events, but, you know, and, and definitely like there's, I think it definitely like affected me in like that way, but it also made me really resilient because I was able to kind of be like, you know, confident in knowing like, I'm okay. I'm healthy. Like also I'm educating myself about things. I think it made me more open-minded and more like just, you know, like following more in lines in in the path of like my mom of being more of an advocate and being more like outspoken about things because it's you know it was I was the only person I knew that you know that lost a parent to AIDS as well so what a story I mean it's also I mean it's such a it's sadly such an interesting thing because you really like who do you there's no like real groups that I know of that you can go to maybe like like especially like in like friend friends and like that it's such a specific thing to happen that the support is like really within the family yeah I I would imagine there might be but Mm. then definitely I don't you know yeah I mean it's just like I guess I'm curious because I think it's really amazing and special that you are still able to have your grandfather step in as like a real father figure and and kind of give you that guidance through life and teach you I'm sure so many things and I'm curious about what that journey was like for you and and how you felt like I don't know like you were were you able to find peace in honoring your dad's life and his legacy in your eyes or was it like shame continued or did your grandfather really give you the tools to be like no he was a great man or like did your grandfather just show you what a father figure looks like like I'm just so curious about what that journey was like for you yes I would say it it was it was complicated you know like he I think my grandfather like respected that the fact that, you know, this is my father. I'm not going to like bad mouth him, you know, to, you know, like continuously, but he definitely had his opinions, which were very much kind of like, well, you know, he, he did something and, you know, whether he cheated or like whatever it was, you know, he did something. So like, we know that otherwise I'm not going to say anything bad, but you know, there was that air of kind of Mm -hmm. like protectiveness. And I think he just saw that I was, I was sad about not knowing that part of my family. I was also, you know, growing up in a time where 
I don't know, like United Colors of Medicine was like a whole thing. And like everybody was all like diversity and all this stuff. And I didn't know anybody who was Mexican. Mm. And I really just like wanted to connect with that because I saw these people like celebrating everything. And in the US, you know, being Mexican is more accepted in some places and then in other parts of the US, it's not. So I think that like my grandfather saw that I was like hurt by that and was confused. And he just like doubled down on like, you're Italian though. And like, I will show you this part of your family because he had come over here in his twenties and met, you know, my biological grandmother who I didn't really grow up with. And, um, had my mom and and her brother and they grew up in the U.S. and everybody else was in Italy. So when my grandmother, his second wife, who I grew up with, my nonna, um, when she passed away, when I was 11, he was like, we're going to Italy. You're meeting your cousins. You're meeting all of your family and it's going to be amazing. And it was. And every summer from when I was like 11 to like 22, I went there. Hmm. and my mom you know she worked all summer so I would stay there for like a month or two and he just you know he was like change your last name to like you know (laughs) be Italian like my I would never change my last name because it's my father's last name and it's like one of the only things I have Hmm. but my grandfather just really doubled down on that and Hmm. you know for better for worse it was just like really awesome and beautiful because I got to meet this whole other part of my family and also connect with a culture. And like, I really wanted to do that so badly. Like that was like what I was missing growing up. And it was just so, it's so like evident when you're a kid, when people ask you like, Oh, what about your mom and dad? Like, what does your dad do? Like, you know, and you just have nothing to say and you don't know anything. So going to Italy and meeting family and like all of that, like it was so special. I'm like, I don't know if my family like will ever realize how incredible it was for me. Like they were psyched mm. to meet their American cousin who brought them like stuff from the U S and like wore like crazy clothing and like, yeah, yeah. you know, it was just like so American. Um, Cause it was a really small little fisherman Island that we like would go to in the summer. So mm-hmm. everybody was like, Oh, the American is here. But you know, for me, it was like so much more than that. It was like Italy, but it was also just family getting to be exposed to like all of this culture and traditions and stuff. He, he gave you family how he knew he could. Yeah. With Mm -hmm. like all of his heart. It sounds like. Culture is so important too. I mean, it's like, did you ever, did it make you long for that Mexican side even more in a way or were you just like oh I'm Italian I'm so proud I have all these people or like because that even it, feels hard it was both you know like I I never felt like I always still thought about that and had that longing yeah. like and I think I always will you know with my my father's side like I'll always be curious I went to Mexico a few times and one of them I tried to you know figure Mm. Uh, where they might live and stuff. But um, I think I just also more, more than anything else, I just feel grateful, you yeah. know, because I think that a lot of people don't grow up with both of their parents and maybe, you know, don't ever get to kind of, I don't know, experience any of that or like connect with like other family members because they live far falling outs or whatever. So I think I just feel 
grateful more than anything else. We are so grateful to be sponsored by Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked is the perfect thing for all of our listeners, especially considering all of the topics we've had around hormones, you know, PCOS, finding out if you're able to get pregnant, what you're allergic to. We've had so many different chats with moms, moms to be, women, and just people in general around wanting to know what's going on. And Let's Get Checked is the perfect place to start. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. It's so simple. You just order a testing kit and that'll be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Then you do your sample. Once your sample arrives in their lab, you have your confidential results within two to five days. Plus, these results are reviewed by a clinician and you're also called to, you know, go over your results. It's incredible. We really think that our listeners will get so much out of Let's Get Checked and all of the incredible different array of tests that they provide. So if you want to avoid an uncomfortable office visit and get tested at home, visit trylgc.com slash all the babies and get 25% off your test using code all the babies at checkout. We know you're going to love it. You are just so fantastic. It's, it's fascinating really to hear all the parts that make a person a whole and to feel even that like some of those parts are missing. Mm -hmm. Even you saying like, I'll always keep my dad's last name. Like that is you creating Mm. that whole, you know what I mean? In your way. And you having all that cultural connection to your family in Italy, that was your grandfather creating that like whole for you. And there's always going to be such beautiful parts of your dad in you. And he's going to live on through you. And yeah. And through your daughter and through your daughter now. I mean, it's just like constantly rewriting history, right? Like rewriting the next thing, recreating the next moment. Um, even like what you did with your relationship with your mom and what you're doing with your child. Like, it's really beautiful. If you, if you look at it metaphorically in all these ways, I'm like very inspired. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. And um, you, you, your daughter is three, I think. Yeah. She's almost three. Her name is Paloma. I love wow. that name. She is like just She's a riot. I mean, I don't really even know how to put into words because <laughs> she's just, she's just like an amazing little person that is so full of life and she's a child. So she's like doing something new every day. And yeah, it's, it's really like, it's such a trip. Did your grandfather get to meet her? Yeah. Oh my yeah. So we, my my grandfather a few like a year before she was before I got pregnant maybe a little bit less than that um but he he started to show early signs of dementia Mm -hmm. and was living in Florida at the time okay and had some like financial you know stuff with the house and he just wasn't able to kind of take care of things so he moved to Philly and first lived with my mom but I have two teenage brothers So that was like a lot. Um, So he moved in with my husband and I and lived with us for like nine months. And Mm -hmm. 
he, you know, he, he was one of the reasons we decided to have her because we were like, you know, just unsure of what the timeline looked like. Mm. And yeah, so we really wanted, you know, him to meet her. So they did get to meet, which was really amazing. That's such a beautiful plan. That's like, if that's the thing that came out of that dimension, then. Yeah, well, we're, we're really lucky that it happened, you know, that we weren't trying for years mm. and years and, you know, that it, it kind of just like all came together. Because didn't he, am I, he passed, no? Am I, mm-hmm. yeah, he yeah. passed shortly after, right? He passed um, a little over a year after. Oh my so gosh. he passed during COVID mm. and, um, you know, it was, it was just like, I mean, just crazy. Like, I think when I first wrote him to you, I was yeah. moved by what I had read and it just made me think about him and my daughter and like how they're related and everything. And I feel like the timing kind of like, you know, when, when my husband and I got engaged, okay. My grandfather, who's very poetic, he would like always like write you these like letters via email. And so when we got engaged, he wrote me this letter about how happy he was, like he loves my husband and knew that like everything was going to be great and like fine. And I was going to be okay. And like, you know, just someone else is looking after you now and like all that stuff. And he said that when I was younger, when I was born, well, when I was born, him and um, my nonna, they were having like some issues in their marriage and that, you know, having a baby around like really brought them together. And of course with grandparents, right, they get to do <laughs> what they want to do. So I don't know that I would recommend a child to fix marriage, but in their case, it worked right time, right place. And so, you know, he passed during the pandemic and it was really, it was really hard. Like I'm not, it's, I think so many people in the pandemic, like really had to go through this, but, you know, seeing someone through a window, only seeing them on FaceTime, like knowing that the last time you could have gone to see them, like you didn't because something else came up. Like all of those things are like haunting. Totally. And he passed away and like I think that if I didn't have Paloma there to kind of like be that constant that person that was like I needed to take care of this child and like be there for her and also you know be present but also be like happy around her that I would have like fallen apart so it was just kind of like a nice like a full circle for me like I really feel like you know he felt like having me as a baby around helped his marriage and like Mm. having her helped me through, (laughs) through, um, I know I'm like, trying not to cry too, but like it, it helped me through that early part because also during the pandemic, so many things were happening all over the world. Right. And so it's just like awful thing after awful thing after awful thing. And then when you have a personal loss that is like so deep cutting to someone that you feel so connected to and you know he was like my like my partner like my comrade like my you know everything and to to go through that as well you're just like never get to process 
because it just keeps going, you know? Um, But having her and having that light and like that, you know, kids are so abundant. Um, You know, it really, it like, I think changed everything. Yeah. She kept you grounded. Yeah. I mean, we literally just, we were, the other day we were like, oh, haven't cried in the podcast in a while. <laughs> we really jinxed that. Oh my Sorry. God. I know. It's so crazy how, I mean, it's like life. I always find this in like the most deepest relationships and moments and stories of growth and, and everything you've been through and like how life truly is such a circle, especially in these moments where it's like, First of all, it's so amazing that he got to meet her. That makes, but it's like as she's developing as her little tiny person and she becomes yeah. one, he's leaving. And it's like that life is just so beautiful and also heartbreaking in that way. But it really does make you look at the beauty of it because you're like, wow, he's gone, she's here. And it's like this kind of new yeah. beginning and this growth. And yeah. I'm, and you're going to probably see him and her in all of these moments now. And like, you get to always live with the fact that, you know, he was at least able to meet her. I mean, think about the grandparents that couldn't with COVID or all these other things or people who lost the grandparents before their kid was born. Like there's so many scenarios. I'm not even going to get into any of that, but it's like, yeah, the beauty of that moment is so deep. And I feel like that probably helps with processing the grief no, knowing that like, yeah, you're but it looking took me at- a long time to get here, you yeah. know, like the first few months, I just couldn't even think about it. You know, like I just yeah. needed to be like, I'm like in mom mode. I'm totally crafting with her. I'm singing songs. I'm like doing anything I can to distract myself. But, Ugh. you know, I think, but, but now like having a bit of perspective, yeah, it's like, it is so special and it is just so weird how, and wonderful, but like weird how life totally comes full circle like that. And I know it's also made me confront a lot of the thoughts that I had about my dad, you know, mm-hmm. just him not being around. And then, you know, when you love someone so much and then they're not around anymore and you have your child, you're like, they will never know them. Like that is so heartbreaking. Yes, Mm -hmm. they got to meet, but then you start thinking like, okay, well, like, will I be able to give them like what this person gave to me? And that's Mm -hmm. a trap because like, you're not the same people or whatever. But I, you know, I think that one of the things that maybe was too hard for my mom to do was bring the you know my my dad and like honor him into the fold like all the time but like it's something that like I'm like so determined to do with my daughter you know and just like bring all of like the positives Mm -hmm. that like my grandfather brought to my life like to hers you know like yeah and I yeah it's interesting too though because I do think that like you just have a different dynamic as a mother than you do as a grandparent but right how how has it been seeing your husband be a father? Um, that must so be such an interesting dynamic with your dad. Yeah, it, I, it's been like really amazing because Father's Day was also always like one of those days that I just like didn't, you know, want to be a part of. 
And, you know, I think later in my life, I was like, well, my grandfather, you know, like, I don't know, he stepped in. And so like, this is about, you know, I kind of just like made it about him. But, you know, that's always been like a heavy day for me. But now it's like a beautiful day, because Mm. it's, you know, I get to see them together. And he's such a good dad. He's the best dad. Um, His name is Dan. And he, he always had the nickname D car growing up. And before we ever got pregnant, people would call him dad car because he was like, so ready to be a dad (laughs) and like has all the dad jokes and is just like, so happy. Like, you know, he was prepped and ready. Yeah. 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 Seriously. That's beautiful too. Wow. That was a great question to like, think about that. Yeah. Cause you kind of have this outer body moment where you're like, I get to see my daughter be raised Mm -hmm. by her dad her dad like it's so amazing wow and also for you to like I think I'm just got goosebumps because I'm just thinking about this already but for you to have a partner and that's like doing this whole thing with you that you feel like supported by and your mom not having that except through your grandfather growing up must also be such a I mean I'm just imagining it as such a goosebumpy thing Mm -hmm. so it's yeah I mean I I feel like I don't know you know there's a lot of things that she's gonna have that are gonna be different or that I didn't have and you know we all want that for our kids but it is interesting to see it unfold So like last weekend, my friends did this awesome little pop-up at, um, at a hotel downtown and we live right, like kind of not like in the suburbs, but like the last area before it becomes a suburb. So it's like Mm -hmm. Philly, like downtown, like the city. And then we are like separated kind of by like this, like it's, it's hard to describe. So like, I'll just say like this very curvy windy road. And then we're like in this green area and then it becomes the suburbs. Um, so I realized like I grew up downtown, like in the middle of everything, I could always walk to city hall to like the, you know, like, I mean, LA is very different, but Philly is an extremely walkable city. Like you can walk all over the city in a day. Like it is what it is. And it's awesome. And I've always loved that, but we were walking downtown and like looking at all the tall buildings and my daughter was just like looking all around like what's that mama what's that I want to climb that I want to go high I want to go all the way up and I'm like oh my god she doesn't even like she's gonna grow up in like like next to the woods and that is so beautiful for her and I like I love being around nature it's so grounding but it's just so strange like it hit me in one of those moments where it wasn't like bad and it wasn't like good. It was just like a sweet, like, wow, mm. this is her life. Totally. Yeah. It's so, I know it's so crazy to like, just see them molding into different experiences. And then you're probably gonna have that same moment and be like, Whoa, I remember this happening to me as a kid too. Like it's, it's yeah. everything. Um, I'm also curious how, and maybe it's connected to becoming a mom, but how have you, processed and handled grieving because I know that you started by really like ignoring it but how have you really healed or what have those stages been because just for anyone's listening who's experienced loss similar to yours or um, 
is becoming a mom or anything, any advice that you could give in that grieving process? Because I know that everyone grieves differently, but any tools and tidbits might be yeah. helpful. So this might sound strange, but I'm like, I'm one of those people that likes to research things and read a lot of articles about emotions and things. So I like read a lot about grief. Um, And I feel like some of the stuff that's helped me the most has have just been to kind of like lean into it a little bit, Mm. I guess. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that in the in the beginning, you kind of feel numb, like you can't believe this, this happened, even if you saw it coming, even if you're older, it doesn't matter. It's still shocking because you wake up one day and they're just not there. And that's really hard. But I think that, you know, at first I was just like upset, mad, like all the things like, you know, full of grief. And then after, I think the holidays really set it off. You know, those first holidays are really hard when you've lost someone, but I actually met with my, with a friend who is, um, a tarot card reader and she is incredible and she is very spiritual like I am I'm not religious but I'm very spiritual and you know one of the things that she talked to me about was just really like leaning into the grief a little bit and like honoring those moments that you had and those memories because it's easy to remember people at the end in like when they first pass away it's hard like you you just someone can be strong in the light of your life all your life. And then, you know, whether it's because of a a disease or, you know, whatever, like old age, they, you know, become more physically weak and they change in their appearance. And it's hard to like have those memories. And I think I ignored it for so long because I just kept having like those flashbacks in my mind of like him, like in hospital bed and stuff. Totally. But, that's a good when, point. Yeah. Like the dying. Yeah. 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 And so when the holidays came around, I just like put on music that he loves, you know, like Frank Sinatra and like Dean Martin and like watched like classic old movies that we would watch together. And I just let myself cry. Like yeah. I just cried and cried and cried. And like, there was definitely like a day where I felt I was like, if someone was watching me, they would think I'm a psycho because I'm just like listening to this song and I'm just like cleaning the house and like I'm kind of in a good mood but I'm just sobbing because I'm like happy to be like reliving these memories but I'm also so sad and it's very cathartic and it just like it helped me a lot and it helped me Mm. to just like look at older photos like from when he was you know as I remembered him and as I grew up with him and I think that that's something like I have a friend whose mom passed away five years ago and she had cancer and she feels similarly like it's you know it's hard to get those end memories out of your mind but it's really nice to kind of revisit some of the positive ones and also just crying is good for you like science scientifically literally and it's it's good for your body so honestly that and then also just trying to honor him in other ways like thinking about like what can I incorporate that made me happy that reminds me of like good memories together I love that it's so interesting because my grand I never met my grandfather um one um 
I met one and not the other. The, mm-hmm. my, on my dad's side, he died when he was, I believe, in his 50s, like early 50s of a heart attack. So no one knew it was going to happen. Um, and my dad um, lived, he lived in Venezuela and my dad lived in Germany. So they were apart. Yeah. And my dad always says that the the way that he honors his his dad is by remembering him as the complex person that he was, not just all the all the positives but also Mm -hmm. like thinking about the times where it was difficult or why sometimes they had fights and just like remembering him as a full person instead of just like this abstract beautiful thing and I think that's a really like beautiful way of holding someone's memory because just because someone has a complicated history with you doesn't mean that you didn't love them and doesn't it's just yeah it's so interesting so I, I mean, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, I know. It's hard yeah. to grieve. It is. So your hard. dad sounds very mature because I feel like that takes years to get there. You know. Yeah, I think like um, some people never do, even in his family. Yeah. Like sometimes Probably, he yeah. he says things that rub people the wrong way because he's like remembering things about him that maybe other people just don't even want to think about because they think it like tarnishes his yeah. idea. But yeah. for my dad, it's not tarnishing. For my dad, it's like building like really respecting the the memories as a whole and not letting go of the ones that maybe had had a bad connotation to them at the time yeah because I mean what is it going to do to you now yeah and no one's perfect and literally you know to accept each other with like all of our flaws and I feel like love is stronger when you love someone despite their right flaws as long as they're not harming you but like everyone's gonna have flaws and so it's like I think a much stronger bond if you stick with someone even though you know there are like those tough moments I agree yeah I since I feel like this really is back to the mom to mom story that we all started as that inspires me and um I always used to ask this one question towards the end of the interviews and so I want to ask it to you too what does being a mom mean to you um I think I would say I'm still figuring it out because even though Paloma's almost three I still feel like I call myself a new mom all the time and I'm like (laughs) what is that about but um I think that for me being a mom is being really intentional Mm. it's being very um supportive right of like whatever you know like whatever they want to pursue like there's um some basketball player actually and he he was quoted recently saying like it's not our job to tell them what to do it's our job to support them and one of his children is trans and I just thought that that was so beautiful because like that for me is like I feel like not enough parents realize like we are just there to support these souls um and then I think also like motherhood is being introspective because Mm. like you have to not lose sight of yourself either and you have to take care of yourself and check in with yourself so that you can you know show up for them um so yeah I think being intentional is like the big one for me though. Like really just, I think that there's so much pressure to have kids sometimes that people aren't intentional because they, 
felt like they got pushed into something. And mm. so I think like taking your time, like deciding whether you want kids or not, and then being attention intentional about how you raise them and like what kind of example you want to set and how you want to support them. That is like one of the most radical things that you can do as a parent. I love that. Ugh. I love you. Oh, you're great. I love you guys. <laughs> it's so weird because I feel like I've listened to like all of these podcasts. I'm like, I feel like I like know you guys. And it's so weird. We're friends. Like- We're all friends here. <laughs> but we always feel like that too. We always yeah. say it's so interesting because the podcast really has this power where if we met randomly none of this stuff would come up but because we're so intentional with what we talk about and it's so specific we just like every time someone comes on it's like we've known them for like it's our favorite and ever it's the best yeah it's it's like now you're invited to the table for life you know it just feels like once you open up the conversation like this what what's off the table it's like Yeah. yeah It's really, well, and it's, it's really healing for both of us too, especially from non-mom perspective perspectives too yeah. to hear. And you don't have to be a mom to be on this spot. Like it, yeah. but it just helps in every way to hear these angles and stories. It just, it adds so much yeah. value and growth to our lives too. Yeah. I mean, I have like some of the podcasts that you guys have had so far, some of the guests have been really like just so informative but also just so moving you know Mm -hmm. and so I am really like honored to be here and I think that it's also a testament to your podcast that like I haven't I don't really like always talk about these things and it's I feel like I'm being so open but it's because you know I think that like it's so needed to be like more honest and like more just like open with some of the heavier stuff too, because I think that especially right now, you know, there, it feels like there's like two sides. It's like either everybody's being like, so like this, all of these things are happening and we need to like talk about everything and dissect them and things are really bad. Or it's like, everything is perfect. And like, look at my beautiful Montessori home. (laughs) And (laughs) it's, it's just like oversaturated. So it's just nice to have like real conversations as opposed to just like these posts. Cause I feel like that's like become a lot of what we all gravitate towards too, especially after like mainly being online for a long time, the last year. I feel like I, I really grew today hearing from you and this is every time this happens and I grow more and more and more and just like, imagine how many other people are going to listen to this that feel the exact same way. It's like such a mind blowing thing. I think it's just so helpful to share stories, you know, and yeah. yeah, that's why we're all here. Truly. Like we're just trying to grow and learn and we are so grateful to you, especially, first of all, thank you so much for that beautiful compliment about the space we're creating. It means a lot. Um, but second of all, like, thank you for being open and willing to come here and be vulnerable to so many listeners. And even if it's one listener that your story is going to resonate with, even though I know it's going to be all listeners, um, <laughs> And they can then connect with you and then that community continues and then you can help them. It's like, whatever the story is, it's like, that's why we're gathering here. And so again, this whole 360 of you coming to us as a customer, reaching out, like from just hearing what we're doing and supporting us and then having a baby because 
you were called by your grandfather and just all of it feels so 360. And so it feels like a really good kind of point to me to end on just being like all wrapped up here in this moment. And so lucky to be sharing this space with you truly. So thank you. Thank you. Is there anything else you want to add, say, where can people find you? How can they connect with you? Um, if you're open to sharing your social or email or anything. Yeah. So my social is big hair day on Instagram. <laughs> I love that. Um, and I am like, I've been working on something that is um, coming in the fall. That's kind of like a resource for Ooh. parents and like also just people like who are like taking care of other people and loving other people, whether they're grieving or they want self care or whatever. So that is not live yet, but you know, Cielo Philly.com C I E L O like the sky. That would be like, you can, you can like sign up if you want to see what that's all about. Ooh, in the fall, so that's amazing. We're going to have to gonna sign up. Yeah. Literally, we're going to have to come have you back on to talk all about that. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm like, I can't, I'm like holding myself accountable right now. Cause I'm like, putting. this it is out good. There. This is how <laughs> the baby started. So I'm yeah. urging you right now to give us the little elevator pitch. Oh yeah. So, I mean, essentially like over the last few years, I've just been thinking about how, you know, like I said earlier, there's so much noise out there when it comes to parenting and also um, not enough, I think, when it comes to like being introspective and like being a parent at the same time, and then also being a caretaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also since I'm I'm 33, I'll be 34 in, in September. And when I was in my 20s, I thought like everything ended when you were in your 30s. <laughs> but now that I, you know, you get to your 30s, you realize life is so complex. You're taking yeah. care of people. You have to take care of yourself. Career changes, and so. I just want to there to be a space for people to be able to kind of like have resources, whether it's articles or like inspiration or design or whatever it is where they can kind of feel like, okay, this makes sense. It's like a little bit thought out and here's some tools I can use to heal and like move forward. Wow. Legend. That's so cool. Wow. That's great. That's <laughs> what we exciting. need. Amazing. What a treat this was. And what a surprise. Like I had no idea your email was going to unlock all of this. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you again from the bottom of our hearts. Yola, anything else to add? No. Any questions I'm, I'm you have? This was Burning beautiful. questions? Last Nothing. minute? Nothing. Amazing. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 Talk soon. <laughs> There is no better time than the present to explore the lucrative commercial real estate offerings from Reef. Visit rreaf.com backslash investor. Featured on Fox News, Wall Street Journal, Yahoo Finance, and many more. We're not a crowdfunding site. We own and operate all our properties. Come see why thousands of individual investors have decided to trust Reef with their real estate investments. Call us today with any questions. Hedge market volatility with Reef. Open to accredited investors only. Visit rreaf.com backslash investor.